Hello and welcome to the After Sermon Podcast, where we pick up all the bits from the cutting room floor that didn't make it into our sermons and break them down. And today we're looking at the sermon, My Journey. Hi, my name is Christopher, and ladies and gentlemen, you are in for a treat. We have two special guests with us this morning. First of all, we have returning co-host, Mr. Jai Watson. Afternoon. Uh, we also have with me, with us, sorry, my dad, Mr. Jonathan Peterson. How's it going? And we also have our special guest preacher of the day, uh, Mr. Peter Watts. Hi there. Uh, awesome. So, today we're a little bit under time, so it might just be a... A special sort of podcast, maybe the first of the ASP shorts, perhaps. Mm. <laughs> we'll figure out as we go along. But we're really glad to be able to uh, have the bunch that we do have here today. Now, uh, normally we get into the recap, but I think we'll fo- forego it today. Uh, if you do want to go and watch the sermon, My Journey, it should be in the link below. Make sure to come back here after you've watched it, because this podcast is going to be full of spoilers. We're going to be discussing everything, so mm. in order to get a better context, you may want to watch the sermon first. So make sure you go and do that. Uh, with that out of the way, we can get into our impressions. Right. Uh, so let us uh, get into our impressions. What did you guys think of the sermon? Well, actually, it reminded me of my journey into the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Uh, a lot of the things that you experienced, I experienced as well particularly the revelation of new teachings, uh, all those things that stood out to you. I was a Christian before, mm. so that's, I came from a different background in that I was already attending church, but then when I got, when it was shown to me, for example, about the Sabbath truth in the Bible, I thought I knew the Bible, and then someone shows me the Sabbath truth, I was shocked. Mm. Same with State of the Dead, Great Controversy, and I think there was sort of four that you mentioned. Yeah, for sure. And um, all those struck out, really stuck out to me as well. Yeah. So I was actually really moved by it, and um, really uh, brought me, sent me back twenty odd years to mm-hmm. when I came into the Seventh Day Adventist Church. You know, that's great. Yeah, Joe. Um, yeah, I was really, really impressed by it. I always like uh, people's testimonies that uh, are non, like, come from a non-believing background or, or non-practicing background. I. Th- think that their um, their changes are usually more dramatic or, or mm. than um, people in the church sometimes and yeah just some of the gems along the way that you really you know talking about your um, folder your friend <laughs> Steve's folder that mm. um, kept on popping up in your life that was yeah really really uh, exciting the way that God has these little gems for us throughout our, our mm. experience yeah so. what, I, what also stood out to me was how God um, God does things individually for us. Yeah. Like I remember the rainbow. That's something that he did for you. It meant nothing to anyone else that sure. day probably. Mm. And I you know, it makes me remember things that God has done in my life which meant only meant something to me and God knew it would mean something yeah. to me. And on any other day it wouldn't mean anything, but God knows at that particular time in your life it means exactly what you mm. need it to mean to step for step in close connection to him. And as Joe said, that pictorial A, yeah. uh, and then getting to work at mm. the company that produces that, that's incredible. <laughs> yeah. That was like free. And I think like when you were talking about, and when I mentioned the, the rainbow, for instance, it's those times for me, and this is why I think prayer is so important too, mm. is because when we pray, 
and we see that God has answered a prayer, mm. we know that he's in communication with us. Mm. We are actually moving the hand of God, the, the, the mm. God of the universe. We're actually able to uh, speak to him and he's able to answer us in, in even in, uh, in tangible ways. Mm. And so those... those uh, providential things that happen like the rainbow or even with answered prayer and we know we know God exists at that point in other words there's an interaction that yeah. takes place between us and God yep and it, it's a real wow moment it's like the supernatural entering the natural and um, it, to me it makes all the difference and this is why I think um, you know prayer is obviously mentioned many many times in the Bible and Jesus taught his disciples how to pray uh, but prayer is so important, I think, because it, it actually allows God to engage with us on that one-on-one -on -one basis. Mm -hmm. And you know God is working in your life, in the lives of the people you're praying for or whatever, whereas God is still working, whether we pray to him or not. Mm -hmm. But we don't know that because there's no personal connection. We haven't spoken to him and asked him specifically for that thing. And then when he does that thing, we think, well, that just happened. Mm -hmm. Whereas if, when we pray for yeah. it, there's an interaction that it takes place. And I think that's... It's so, it's so wonderful. I was talking in the, the sermon about um, the fact that I grew up as someone believing in evolution and didn't believe that there was a creator God or didn't even know really that that was an option. And I suppose one of the things that um, I wanted to share that wasn't in the sermon was that when I came to understand that God was real and that God was not only real but he was willing to interact with somebody like me, um, it was like the world changed from being black and white to being colour. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. The whole. It's difficult to describe in a way the uh, amazing difference f on an experiential level from being somebody who didn't believe to somebody who did believe. Mm -hmm. On the one hand, there was an acknowledgement that everything in the universe looked different mm. because there's something behind it there's a purpose behind it there is a maker behind it and it's not just some random being who's producing things on a factory and just sending them out there he's <laughs> making things for a purpose and as far as earth is concerned it's, it's for us yeah. he made it for us so the beautiful things that we see in the world mm. actually are made by someone to impress me to, to be appreciated by me yeah. Um, so that was fascinating. Um, you know, there's an ad on... on uh, I've seen an ad on the television where it says, to a child, there are not seven wonders of the world. There are seven billion. Mm -hmm. And that was really explains... It's a good uh, explanation of what I felt mm. when I came to know that there was a, re a God in the universe, mm. that suddenly the world is full of seven billion wonders. Yeah. It's a whole new perspective that sort of opened up to you. Mm, mm. It's awesome. Yeah. On a second level, I suppose, when God called me into ministry, and I and I mentioned in the the message this morning that uh, I was actually praying to God for Him to lead me into some kind of work for Him, and I ended up working as a volunteer mm. uh, initially. Yeah. Uh, much later, I decided to follow God's call into to paid ministry. Mm. Um, that was really never on my mind. I just followed this sort of uh, route of you know, making a decision for Christ, getting baptised and then working as a volunteer. But what I've discovered is 
the best part about ministry, and when I say ministry, I'm not talking about paid pastoral ministry, I'm talking about being involved with God in trying to make a difference, a positive difference in the world and, and in the people's lives. So the, one of the great things about ministry, I think, is it's as though God gives you a front row seat where you can see what he does. Mm. So you, you don't actually do the supernatural stuff. He does the supernatural stuff through you mm. and through other people. But because you're involved in a ministry of some kind, you get a front row seat to see what, hap- what, mm. what that looks like. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's really uh, that's the biggest blessing, I think, of being involved in any kind of ministry is seeing God at work. Peter, you were saying about um, you just took little steps, like you just volunteered for this, uh, for to be a helper or whatever. Yeah. Um, had you uh, saw the possibility of being a preacher, would that have uh, scared you? Or? Absolutely. I mean, it was kind of weird, really. I mean, looking back in right now, first of all, I thought it was a bizarre idea for me to be actually working for the church. I'd never in never in a billion years would I have conceived of ever working for a church. Um, and then here was this pastor who was leading me through a series of studies. I was going to get baptised. I'd made my decision. I wanted to be where God wanted me to be. And then he was leading me into this role. And I suppose in my mind, I'm thinking, well, I'm going to be in Australia for another six months. Uh, I might as well volunteer for the church. you know. And then I'm going back to England. So at this point in time, I was thinking... I'm going back to England and that's my little Australian escapade all over. I mean, that was a nice holiday and that's it. I mean, coming to Australia for a year as a backpacker was just an adventure. It was a 26-year-old's adventure that changed my life. life. I'm I'm now many years down the track, but I'm still on the adventure. Don't tell anybody. (laughs) I'm actually just on... That's all I'm doing. I'm still on the adventure and being involved in ministry is a part of that. It's a part of an enfolding of that adventure. So to me, when I get up and wake up in the morning I'm still on the the backpacker journey (laughs) and I'm moving around Australia more slowly now um, and I'm getting to see all the things that I thought I'd miss out on by committing my life to God which is you know amazing Uh, I mean like just uh, within the last 12 months I went to India and we ran a a mission in India Uh, it was the second time I've been there not the one that Abel went to um, a different one but that's something now we also have in common Um, but the opportunities that God affords you when you throw yourself into his arms mm-hmm. are just amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, uh, it's so funny because the impression we have of the religious life is that it's a pretty boring life, right? I mean, mm-hmm. religious people, when you're on the other side of that fence, yeah. as a secular person, you think, yeah. religion, like, who needs it? And it's all so boring rules. and it's all the rules and regulations. Let and drink, let party. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, although, you know, it's funny if, if somebody has said to you, hey, I've got a rule that, that you won't have to throw up in the toilet anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. I'll, I can embrace that, you know. <laughs> so it's kind of like the view of the religious world from a secular point of view is like, oh, what a boring life that would be. Yeah. But it's so far from the truth because yeah. when you're involved in ministry with God, you are literally working with the one who created the universe and mm-hmm. the universe is pretty big and, and that means God is pretty big and he's the biggest there is. There's nothing bigger. Yeah. And for you to be able to uh, engage with God and to be working hand in hand with him and to pray and to see those prayers answered and to see before you God at work transforming the life of somebody else mm. it's the most exciting work there is there's, there's nothing better there isn't um, and so 
you know, it's a, it's a fantastic... I, I can't believe how blessed I am. I uh, heard somebody the other day said, uh, you know, I think somebody was saying, talking about the lottery, you know, you feel like you won the lottery, and the person said, I've already won the lottery. Yeah. I live in a free country, and I know the Lord. Yeah. Mm. That, that's already winning. The reason, there's nothing bigger you can get yeah, than knowing the king of the universe and knowing that you're going to live forever. Yeah. Uh, that there is a purpose and a power to living now, mm-hmm. but there's a plan for the future and a paradise to win, and and we get to spend eternity there, not not just in the glories of heaven, but rather being able to engage face to face with the one who made it all. And, and as long as you stay on God's side, you can't lose. Exactly yeah. right. <laughs> well, this is it. The uncertainty of life without God is, mm. you know, you can try different things, you can open a business. Well, a business can succeed or fail. Yeah, sure. A marriage can succeed or fail. Anything in yes. life can succeed or fail. But when you choose to align yourself with God, yeah. you can't fail. That's right. You cannot it's true. fail. It's impossible to fail. Yeah. The Bible talks about um, Thessalonians chapter 5. Uh, it says, rejoice always. And of course, you know, most people, I think, listening to this would know that you know, there's some good times in life and there's some bad times. And sometimes mm-hmm. the bad times overweigh the good times in life and they can go through some really difficult periods. And how can somebody take that advice from Paul, who's writing to the church at Thessalonia there, saying, rejoice always? What is that all about? And for me, there's a, a very deep-seated, very deep-seated joy that exists from the knowledge that there is a God in the universe that he wants to be my friend, that he has a personal interest in me, and not only me, but he wants to engage that way with everybody. Yeah. And he wants to use me as a bridge mm. to, 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 to that next person, whoever that may be. Mm. And so there's a great deep-seated joy in knowing that, but also in knowing that there is a future and a hope. However bad things get here, and they do get bad, yeah. there's, there's some real struggles and there's some real suffering that takes place, however bad that gets, we know it's temporary. It will not last forever. And more than that, what will replace it Mm. is going to be so much more glorious and better. So, you know, somebody said that uh, you can live uh, weeks without food, days without water, minutes without air, but no time at all without hope. Mm. And what God gives you is hope. God gives you the fact, you say, hang in there, yes it's bad, but hang in there, it doesn't last forever, and I've got something much better in mind at the end of all this. We've got about one minute left, do you mind if I ask Peter a question? Sure. You mentioned Steve, Yeah. the the fellow who first witnessed to you, and I've always wondered this, it seems that a lot of of people who are raised in the church, Mm. raised in the Adventist church, and then they move away, Yeah. They still want to witness. I don't quite get it. <laughs> Can you explain that? I mean, what was his interest? What was his interest in witnessing yeah. him? He himself was not even walking. Yeah, in the that's a good point. I think when you know some things are true, there's no there's no denying them. Mm. I mean, I've known people who no longer attend church, aren't engaged with the church, but they're still vegetarians. Yeah, you know, yeah. because they yeah, oh, you know, I'm not going to just that stuff because I know better, sort of thing. Yeah. You know, and I suppose that. Having been on both sides of the creation evolution arguments, mm. I know when you're on that other side that you think, I can't believe these guys who, you know, yeah. what, you know grow up. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like I used to have a mate, I used to play soccer with a, a guy. When I was 14, he was 12, and he was 
the son, uh, his parents used to go to the Anglican church and he would go to the Anglican church every week. Mm. And I used to think, oh, that's so stupid. You know, why, you know, why you go to church? Why do you believe in the Bible? Da, 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 don't, you know, haven't you been to school? Um, <laughs> and so that was sort of my attitude back then. And I think likewise, when you have on the other side of the coin, when you do know that there is a creator, when you can understand the fact that creation actually does make sense. We are creators, human mm. beings. We make things every day, whether yeah. it's a sandwich or a roller coaster or whatever. Mm. We build things all the time. Why? Because we're made in the image of the one who was the great creator. So I just think that some things stick, and when you know they're right, it doesn't matter how, whatever else you're confronted, that's still right, and you're still yeah. going to tell people about it. So Yeah. All right, so uh, do you have any recommended readings for listeners at home? Uh, obviously the Bible, but I think that there's a great resource that um, I found, uh, which is a Bible study guide, a, a, a series of Bible studies really, and you can download it as an app on your phone. It's called Studying Together by Mark Finley. I actually have a copy of the book in my bag, but I also have the app on my phone. And it means that uh, at any given moment, I can just pull out any different Bible topic and we can run through a series of Bible verses. It's very helpful. And uh, so that's something I recommend. Yeah, it sounds like a really good resource. All right, well, thank you very much for joining us here on the podcast today. It was great to have you and uh, great to have you at uh, church giving a sermon today as well. Thank you. Awesome. Well, uh, that concludes our podcast for today. And with that said, have a good one and good night. Good night.